our Top Shelf Fantasy, brought to you by Corey Dows, Tom Craig Penny, and Scotty Milne. Let's get into it, baby. Welcome back, Podcast 60. We got Rookie Dynasty rankings coming up. Scotty's pumping his fist for that intro music. He loves it. Um, Yeah, going over Dynasty rankings. We got a little bit of quarterback news to talk about. Uh, Corey's got some of his positive and negative grades for some of the drafts for some of the teams. Um, This is where fantasy football gets interesting. So follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, the top shelf, FNTSY. Uh, you can find our podcast on uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, you, if you're listening to us there, um, and on TopShellFantasy.com. Highly encourage you to go to TopShellFantasy.com, listen to the podcast there, sign up for <clears throat> emails, uh, what is the word I'm looking for, exclusive content, we'll be releasing it far earlier than uh, you would get otherwise, um, like you know some of our, our Dynasty insights that we have. So I think with that, uh, if I'm not missing any other housekeeping items, we can get into some of the very uh, incredibly underwhelming news uh, <laughs> that has happened. Uh, so Andy Dalton signs with the Cowboys for, I don't know, a year and $7 million, um, considering they still need to pack, uh, pay Dak Prescott at some point. Uh, that's an interesting signing. Um Anybody want to weigh in, or I'm just gonna rip through these new these notes so we can get into our our dynasty rankings. Yeah, nothing more to add there. All right, uh, Trubisky still uh, is terrible in Chicago. Clearly agrees, so they didn't pick up his uh, option, and uh, Fournette didn't get his option picked up either by Jacksonville. So those two guys probably on the move in 2020 or t- 2021. Excuse me. Uh, Winston signed with the Saints. I'm pretty sure his career is likely over. Um, and Cam still hasn't signed with anybody. So that's also interesting. Uh, I don't know why the Cowboys, if you're trying to <laughs> get a backup, like, go give $7 million to Cam. Andy Dalton, come on. Um, all right, anyway. Uh, well, I Court- know that Cam said that he wants to start somewhere. So I know that, you know, well, uh, he's, he's, he's holding okay off with- the, the Pats. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? But I know that... Um, you know, the, the issues with Dak uh, and not signing his franchise tender is probably right in the forefront of Jerry Jones's mind. And he's going to say, you know what? I'm going to have a quarterback on my team no matter what. Jerry Jones is an interesting character. He's a moron. Uh, Dows, do you want to get into yeah. your grades? For sure. Um, so there's just a few I wanted to highlight, a couple of positives, a couple of negatives. I guess we can just start off the top with one of the more perplexing uh, picks of the entire draft, and that is Green Bay taking, with their first-round pick, a quarterback, Jordan Love, out of Utah State. Um, Just a a completely off-the-wall pick. I don't think anybody really saw them going QB in the first round. Aaron Rodgers appears to be very upset about it. Uh, I gave the grade an F minus. I couldn't think anything lower. Um, I'm not sure if you guys have any differing takes on that, but... (laughs) I laughed no. at that. I'm like, wait a minute, there's no F minus. That's it's called the XFL. <laughs> so I, I do want to uh, make sure before Corey continues in, uh, our attitude and our analysis on these picks this year were spot on. So uh, we did the numbers and we beat out Mel Kiper and Tog McShay by over 15% on creating the mock draft in the first round for position ranking. 
and um, or position being taken by the team, their team need, and then for uh, taking a correct pick, we were literally 5% below half. So we almost got in pretty much pretty close to getting 50% of the entire draft correct. So these grades that Corey has put out have been definitely been in depth and are worthy of your attention. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, Craig, Craig, a lot of it's your advanced scouting and, uh, you know, I pull a lot of stuff from there, but to be even mentioned in the echelon of like a Mel Kuyper and Todd McShay is fantastic in and of itself. And then to beat them as handily as we did, uh, this is not a close. Yeah. This wasn't a close margin. Like we, yeah, it was outlandish. There's a lot of validation in it for us to show like the research that you did helped the time that we've took all of us took to look at the draft really helped. And, uh, if you're taking advice from us, you know, we're not just standing up here preaching with no, with no, uh, evidence that our, our advice works. I mean, we're 50% on target with these guys. So, um, yeah, listen to us, yeah, I guess. Speak, is the, the speak for yourself. I'm, I'm shooting from the hip. Every podcast <laughs> shooting from the hip, baby. Just the thing is, is the, the this year with dynasty rookie rankings that this podcast is going to hold what you're going to listen to this this is this is where you want your information i, I can't i can't stress it enough so and Corey's gonna hit on i don't know four or five of these guys but Corey, you did like an entire first two rounds worth of article so this yeah is, and, this is where we go back the to site sign up. take a look at right you sign up for to the site and then you get you know all of Corey's grades Maybe yeah, and if you subscribe to it, we try to get it to you a couple of days earlier, maybe even a week earlier or so. Um, you know, some of the adv- uh, advantages of being a subscriber to the site and being a, a shelfie, is that what we're calling our, calling our guys nowadays? Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, Yeah, I mean, a big benefit. Maybe this article is not a huge thing to get early, but, you, you know, it's more nice to have than anything else. But some of the future stuff we'll be putting out, especially our draft toolkits and our draft kits getting you ready for the whatever it might be, a dynasty draft or redraft league, whatever you're doing, having that info – especially if your draft is scheduled before, you know, uh, the normal people are going to get, or the non-subscribers are going to get access to it. That's going to help you out. So big bonus to be subscribed to the, uh, to the website and sorry, I'm to my own horn a little bit, but get back into some of these rankings. I don't know if you guys had anything to add on Jordan love, um, but going quarterback. Just at, yeah. Just a weird pick. And yeah, I get yeah. some stories have come out that uh, is it LaFleur over there that the new head coach is kind of trying to, to send a message to Aaron Rodgers, like, Hey, this is my team and I'll draft who I want. And, uh, I don't know if that's really the uh, platform you want to die on as a new head coach when obviously you could use a wide receiver for that stud quarterback you have out in green Bay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then, and then in their second round too, I don't, you didn't do second round grades, but they didn't help him again. <laughs> I, uh, you know? I actually have him on here and that was another one I was going to bring up, but you're talking about the AJ Dillon pick. Oh, I didn't even see yeah, that. Go ahead for it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so then their second round, they get even more perplexing. They still could have taken a wide receiver, plenty of talent on the board. And they pick A.J. Dillon running back when they've got Aaron Jones and even Jamal Williams to some extent. But they've got Aaron Jones sitting right there who's coming off a career year. So, I mean, to me, this says that Jamal Williams is the one who's done in Green Bay more than likely. But so you've spent two rounds worth of picks on a quarterback and a running back, which are your two arguably – most washed up positions. Yeah. Like besides Devontae Adams, but you still need that other receiver. Yeah, there. exactly. And it's just a weird move. I mean, a very, very weird draft. And I gave that pick a D plus because I think that they can use him as a change of pace back to Aaron Jones, but you don't need him. And you certainly don't need him in the second round. Yeah. I mean, he's not a third. He's not a pass catching back. So it, 
I, I didn't get the pick at all. Yeah, very, very. And strange. I mean, I don't love Jamal Williams, but as a second running back on a team, he's probably one of the better ones in the NFL. It's yeah, kind of weird. You would be yeah. like, oh, get rid of the guy, but I don't know. And and I feel bad for even saying this, but it, it bears mentioning. And I and I like AJ Dillon, but the last time they drafted a running back over 250 pounds, his name was Eddie Lacy. <laughs> Hey, Eddie Lacy didn't run a four six though. Didn't that wasn't that Dylan's time? Was a four six? I mean, it was a four six. I mean, he he's athletic. Yeah, I don't know. Two two positions Green Bay did not need. Did yeah, Yeah. (laughs) very strange. Uh, We'll get into a better grade over here. Uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, running back, went to the Chiefs with the thirty second pick, the last pick in the first round. Uh, we had them going running back, so we were correct there. We were not correct on the guy. I think most of us had uh, either DeAndre Swift or I think we had other uh, running backs at the top of our boards as well. But good fit. I gave him an A-. minus. I dinged him because it wasn't the guy that I thought was maybe the most versatile back in the draft with DeAndre Swift. But uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire looks to uh, be in a great position with an Andy Reid coach offense. So... Um... Andy Reid was sent a tape on Clyde Edwards Hilaire. And apparently he responded back to the GM or whoever had sent him the tape and goes, he's better than Brian Westbrook. Wow. Yeah. That's some, that's some praise. Yeah. he can, So he compared CEH to Brian Westbrook. I don't think that he's drafted many running backs. I mean, it was, he didn't even know who Brian Westbrook was until Brian Westbrook, he coached him. Right. But then he picked Shady and yep. My boy Darwin, who's he's he's gonna blow up. <laughs> don't don't you guys worry. But anyway, I mean this is a prototypical Andy Reid back, and and I mean outside of Jamal Charles, if you see what he's got, it it, it it's it's all been very similar. So I don't know. The important I, thing me, is is that Andy Reid loves him. Well, the important yeah. thing is is they Andy they're like Reed. us. They know Damien Williams is not a good starting running back and they spent a first round pick on a running back, which doesn't happen for a Super Bowl team. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and it's the luxury in the pick, right? That's, that's Mm -hmm. that, that was the, so I don't know. Great spot for him. And then I love the next grade is just even better. Take it away, Tom. I know you love it. No, no, no. You take it. You take it. You take (laughs) it. You did it. (laughs) So the first round or sorry, the first pick of the second round, the Cincinnati Bengals take, T. Higgins, wide receiver, who fell far, far lower than I ever anticipated. I thought I had him pegged as a top 10, top 15 guy. Um, so to see him get even into the second round, I was I was perplexed, to say the least. So they're getting the draft grade of an A-plus for or, or a pick grade of an A-plus for that one. Uh, T. Higgins is going to pair very, very well with A.J. Green, Tyler Boyd, John Ross to some extent, but I think T. Higgins might be taking over that slot role, right. especially well, because Ross can't really stay healthy. Also, Ross, uh, they did not pick up his fifth-year option as well. So oh, I think they, that's got, the they already got the replacement. Oh, yeah, they're golden. Yeah, and I mean, this dude is a complete prototype wide receiver. 6'4", runs like a gazelle. Yeah, let's go. And and you know with the franchise tag on AJ Green and his health last year that they're really just looking for the future. It's not really AJ Green is not going to get you know the money that he wants, and he's not going to resign at Cincy. So it's T Higgins and Tyler Boyd in the future. Yeah, and I mean AJ Green's a great guy for a guy like T Higgins to learn from as well. I mean he's had tremendous success in the NFL, and they have a similar play style. And I might argue that Higgins is a bit more athletic. 
All right, your next one. All right, the uh, the last pick and last uh, teaser draft grade we're going to give you is another kind of odd selection that I didn't really understand. Uh, KJ Hamler gets picked by Denver in the second round. I gave him a C plus for the grade. Drafting another wide receiver after they had already previously taken Jerry Judy doesn't make a lot of sense, um, at least to me. I mean, I know they've, they've got Cortland Sutton there, who's locked down number one wide receiver. You got Jerry Judy. Now you've got your two guys. And they have Deshaun Hamilton and, like, Tim Patrick and a couple other guys they can play in that third receiver role. I don't see the need to go get a K.J. Hamler caliber or type player. Apparently they did. They've decided that they're, they're going to surround Drew Locke with enough talent to say, listen, if you can't quarterback this team to a win, you're not our guy. And maybe next year they start assessing the quarterback position again. But – for me, just an odd pick that doesn't really uh, fit a need when they really had a bigger area of concerns that like outside linebacker, middle linebacker, even offensive tackle to kind of probably pair with um, Melvin Gordon's arrival. So just strange pick. I don't know if you guys had a different take on it. I think, Craig, you liked Hamler, didn't you? So I like the player, and I'm yeah. terribly upset about the fit. Okay. Uh, I, I don't know. I agree completely with what you said. Um, don't know why Denver went to go take him. And at that, for fantasy, him being behind two star receivers, essentially, I don't see KJ Hamler even doing anything for fantasy for a little while. Yeah, it's not a good system. Well, not even a bad system, but it's just not a good... Uh, you know, he's not going to get the targets or the... Yeah, however you want to phrase it. It's just not a good fit yeah. for him. It's a run-first offense, too. Yeah. And that's the biggest thing. Like, there's not... A, and they have... No offense, too, so you got to think he's behind him as well in uh, receptions for next year alone. So, I mean, they definitely have a new offensive coordinator. So, Shermer, you know, had Barkley. So, I, it's, we'll, we'll see what he wants to do with, with them as well. It's all new. Yeah, so I think that's all for the draft grades. Again, um, if you're part of our site, you'll probably see that tomorrow. If not, uh, we'll probably release that to the public come uh Thursday afternoon. So if you want to see it beforehand, sign up, get a chance to be in the listener league. Don't want to miss that. It's going to be fun. So, yeah, we'll be giving some cool stuff away in the listener league too. It's always worth mentioning. We haven't nailed down exactly what that's going to be, but it'll be a sizable amount of stuff worth a good chunk of change. But uh, it'll, it'll in definitely case, include a glass. Yeah. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, you'll definitely have a glass. I'm, I'm working on t shirts. I got to get a uh, finalized design all mocked up, but. So some some top shelf uh, merch. We'll have some other merch from some of our uh, affiliate companies yeah. like uh, we'll, the end products. Uh, yep. We and we'll at least get so, we'll get something signed too. Yeah, there will definitely be some sort of uh, signed member jersey helmet but... related. Yeah, I'm working on some of that stuff too uh, behind the scenes. We just need the uh, world to go back to normal so I can get some player access. Well, when we if you sign up to the website. You'll get the email when we have everything together, what you can win, but you get an entry into the listener league. Um, <clears throat> we'll tweet it out too. Uh, yeah, for sure. All right, let's get into the rankings because I've been itching at this for a little bit. <laughs> so we're going to go top 10 rookies and we'll end up doing the rest of the rookies in another podcast. But these top 10, I, I mean, there were, there's going to be some big debate on them and everybody's going to want have something to say. So I think... Um, number one, I'm gonna let Craig say it because he was your highest ranked, and he's the only one that is there. Yeah, I'm the highest on Jonathan Taylor. 
Uh, he is the reason why. I guess I am the reason why he's our number one. Uh, although two of you also have have him as number two. Yeah, but you're the only um, one who had him as number one, and he's our consensus one. So, yeah. Here's why. I and I was I I, I made a over the top comparison about yesterday. I think to these guys um, about longevity of a career that Jonathan Taylor can have. <laughs> you know, a lot of people put a lot of stock in the amount of time or amount of carries that a running back would get in college. And Jonathan Taylor had over 200 carries for the last, you know, two seasons. And I think he even had just around that three seasons ago as well um, when he was in Wisconsin. However, he was a high end draft pick for the Indianapolis Colts who has a tremendous offensive line. They just got Quentin Nelson about two years ago. So he's going to be an anchor for a while. Marlon Mack has had injuries many seasons in a row. I, I I see Jonathan Taylor as someone that as far as maybe year one, he's not going to give you what a Clyde Edwards Hilaire may give you, or let's see what the Rams do with Cam Akers or, you know, whatever the wide receivers you feel may be better. But Jonathan Taylor, I see as a longevity piece running back. I can see him with his body type. At 5'10", 226, he is that guy that will be able to give you about seven, eight years of production that you don't find in many running backs. That's why I have him as my number one, because you're going to be able to hold him for a very long time. Yeah, okay. I won't I won't fight you on any of those points. Um, and I think we saw him really improve his pass catching towards the end of his uh, last college season. And if he can kind of phase out Naheem Hines and uh, Jordan Wilkins he has a he has a job right there as a pass catching back because we've seen Marlon Mack struggle out of the backfield for almost his entire career and like you said if Marlon Mack goes down hurt again Taylor is in a fantastic situation to to take over a backfield yeah I think so he's my number two um and <clears throat> yeah I mean my only thing with Taylor is that offense is going to get worse before it gets better Right. I mean, Phillip Rivers at some point is going to retire. T.Y. Hilton's not getting any younger. Um, I, I'm interested to see what the offense looks like in three years from now. Right. And if that's the case, then I almost feel like having those seven, eight years of Taylor, you know, it, it is going to be negated. You might end up getting into one of those situations where he's stacking boxes. But I, I think from an overall NFL ready running back standpoint, it's Jonathan Taylor. And I think that Taylor can like, I'm not going to argue that you shouldn't take him one-on-one. Um, I just, I think another guy is better than Jonathan Taylor, but they're like, they're, they're right. They're right there. Do you know what I mean? There, there's no reason why you should be talking yourself out of, out of Taylor at one-on-one until I tell you why to talk yourself out of it. But <laughs> So the the thing was is and you guys or you said that he was the team would get worse before it gets better. They're set up for a future running game uh, with the offensive line that they've drafted. With you know Taylor coming in, their defense has also drastically improved the last couple seasons and were seventh against the run last year. So it's just something that I've seen them going in that direction. Um, and Scotty, if you want to say something about Taylor, go ahead. But you're gonna take the the number two in the rank because you just yeah so b- before i get to two i mean i i think i had taylor is the second in my rankings yeah i did so did. Yep. pretty much what craig said uh fantastic offensive line so i mean 
Matt goes down, which he has in the last three years, uh, he's primed to just take over that job right away. But in a better offense to start his career, um, I think for a couple of years, is Clyde Edwards-Hillary. Uh, we have that at number two. He's my and Tom's number one. Um, I think overall, he wasn't my top rookie running back pick. But just being on the Chiefs, it's you can put any of these guys on the Chiefs, and I think they would be number one. Um, it's, my point is don't overthink it. If you're in a dynasty and you have the first pick, I don't see why you do not take this guy. Um, yeah. Tom will talk about this too. Uh, the way Andy Reid has drafted running backs in the past, which is very rare, he is going to use the hell out of these guys until their legs fall off. <laughs> Yeah, so, I had I had a bunch of notes. I closed the window. But anyway, the the point was that Kareem Hunt in 2017 had like 272 carries. 2018, if you extrapolate, you know, a 16 game season for Kareem Hunt, he ends up with 284. Uh, 2019, there was a hundred. There was 220 carries between Damian Williams and Lashawn McCoy. Shady's not on the team anymore. They clearly don't like Damian Williams. And when you look at the team, you look at Pat Mahomes, you look at what what CEH can do, it just, everything gels, and they're all just going to grow together. Now, is CEH going to have the longevity that a Jonathan Taylor could have? Maybe not, but this, to me, is a high-risk, high-reward pick, and he's going to contribute from day one. Like, I don't see why Andy Reid would have drafted this guy in the first round not to use him in 2020, other than, you know, coronavirus. But anyway, I mean, the first play <laughs> on the field, I, I really anticipated being uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. And if not, he, he's going to be involved in that game. I mean, you give him 12 carries, six catches, that's 18 total touches that can easily be turned into a touchdown and 100 yards every game. And that that is what I would expect from th- this pick uh, by Kansas City. So that's why he's my number one, but... I mean, if you're sitting at one-on-one and you decide between CEH and Jonathan Taylor, I'm not going to fault you. I mean, I think that's that's fair. But, Corey, you you take – you so you you tell us why he's where he is for you, and then you take take our number three. Yeah, I've got him, Clyde Edwards, as low as six, and I actually have Taylor down at four as well. Um, just, I guess, that bears mentioning because I have a couple guys ahead of them, and specifically my number one overall pick was DeAndre Swift. Um is that who we're going at now? Is that the correct number? Yeah, yep. I skipped okay. Craig on CEH, but... All right, perfect. Sorry, but yeah, I just wanted to say I had uh, DeAndre Swift there at, at number one. He's our consensus three. Um, I mean, most of it comes down to a fit, and while I'm not going to tell you that the Clyde Edwards going to KC isn't an absolutely fantastic fit, because all the points you made are, are, are great, but... DeAndre Swift going to Detroit, I just think it's a better situation for him to be in. And you're going to tell me, oh, Carrion Johnson's there. Carrion Johnson's going to be there for like, I don't know, one week. Maybe he doesn't even make it out of preseason before he's injured again. The guy can't stay on the field to save his life. And even if he does, Swift has the talent to take over that backfield instantly. Not to mention, there's not going to be the ability to stack a box against them because you still have Galladay, Marvin Jones, uh, TJ Hawkinson, Matt Stafford loves chucking the ball deep. You have to respect that, and DeAndre Swift is going to carve up the entire middle of the field. Or if he decides to go outside, he's got the speed to do that too. So Swift's my guy. I know you guys had him a little bit lower. Not, I don't think any of you guys had him as your one. But, uh, I mean, I still wish that he went to KC. If, I think if he went to KC, we would all had DeAndre Swift as our number one. So Right, and that's kind of what I said too. I said 
any of these guys go to KC, I think they're easily the one. Yeah. And I do think Swift was a better fit, but I there's something Andy reads on CEH that he didn't see in Swift. Yeah, which is fair. Why don't two, you three, take eight, Judy, Dows? You're uh, you got him ranked highest. Yes, yeah, so I had I had Judy at my two, um, and I think that probably speaks to maybe a philosophical difference in like your guys' approach versus mine when it comes to drafting, um, especially rookies in Dynasty. Um, I'm looking to fill a position that I start more players at, and that potentially doesn't have. I don't know how to phrase it exactly, but if I can get a top one tier wide receiver i'm gonna do that over a top one tier running back more often than not minus a a trend you know transcendent talent like a saquon barkley or somebody like that if they're available i'm gonna go with them but if i can get jerry judy in that denver offense knowing that he's gonna be on the field probably close to 100 of the time you know 100 of the offensive snaps and the looks are gonna be there i'll take jerry judy very very high up my board every single time and the guy's an absolute freak so that helps make the pick a little bit easier. Again, DeAndre Swift, number one, Jerry Judy, number two. I wouldn't even mind flipping those. I actually thought about putting Jerry Judy as my as my number one, but couldn't, couldn't pull the trigger. Yeah, I think right. it, and I think going into the draft, a lot of people thought that Judy was going to be a one-on-one regardless of kind of where he landed. I, I don't think Denver did him any favors. Um, yeah. I had him ranked five. Uh, but again, like if you want to end up taking him, you know, three or four, I get it. And it's very clear what Denver is trying to do. And it's surround Drew Locke with weapons. They don't, you don't draft a player like Jerry Judy, not to use him. He's going to be an incredible, he's going to be a perfect compliment to Cortland Sutton. So I think Judy's going to have a pretty productive, uh, 2020, um, Craig and Scotty, you guys go ahead and weigh in on, on Judy as well. Yeah, no, I think it's a perfect fit. I like he was my number one wide receiver going into the draft. Um, there's really not much you can argue against having him as the number one wide receiver outside of the you know other guy, CD Lamb. But he fit into a system where there's a lot more weapons, whereas Judy is probably going to have the number two role. Who knows? At some point, might end up getting more targets than Sutton. We don't know that. Maybe it not might not be year one, but it might be you know down the line. He's he's a very very talented receiver, and like Corey said, he could end up being a top echelon wide receiver for years. Yeah, and um, pretty much what Dow's kind of said too. It's also team needs too. I know Dow's has a top three pick in our dynasty draft coming up, um, and I know he's in desperate need of a wide receiver. <laughs> so you get a guy like Judy um, who can be that solidified n- number one for the next. I don't know, seven to 10 years for you. I think that's a complete safe bet. Yeah. And you also, like you just mentioned, seven to 10 years, you look at a longer shelf life for wide receivers typically than right. a running back. So if I'm drafting for Dynasty and I need, you know, I already know I need a wide receiver and I'm going to need one for years, Judy's a, a, a no brainer when it comes to building my team for the future which again dynasty and redraft a little bit different if you look at our redraft rankings you're going to see running backs probably valued a little bit higher um but that's a a conversation for another day all right craig take us into number five that would be cam Akers. uh of the rest of the running backs it would be him and dobbins uh that really show up and and highlight uh the next group or tier i would say of running backs 
And Akers landed himself in a pretty good position when he goes over to the Rams. Um, they have Daryl Henderson there. They have Malcolm Brown there. And we were discussing earlier this week that even with Malcolm Brown being there, uh, you know, Akers or someone is going to have to be able to receive the ball. And Henderson really only had 40 carries last year and, and had, um, I, I don't remember his reception numbers, but it wasn't anything, you know, of highlight or of, of note. And so with them taking, you know, a player in the second round being a running back where they just got rid of Todd Gurley, they're going to need a, a, a great player to, to get in there as their running back, as this team has run often throughout many of the last, you know, years uh, that we've seen in fantasy. So obviously Todd Gurley has been at the top. I'm not saying Cam Akers is going to be him, but the volume is going to be there for that offense. And Cam Akers, the player, I, I really like as well. Um, I have him pretty high. I, I'm not sure if I have. Yeah, I have him as my number three over you guys. And, and I think it's more or less because I really do like the player. I think he could be a three down back. I don't think they're sold on Henderson and I don't think they're sold on Brown. Yeah, I 100% agree with everything you said. I think Akers could quickly become the guy in uh, the Rams offense. And that, that's huge. Well, I mean, we've already seen in the past. We've seen them use a running back to the point of breaking him down. Now, is that troublesome and worrisome from a longevity standpoint? Of course. But is it fantastic for one or two years of a running back, depending on how your league does uh, the draft? Yeah, of course it is. I would love to get him for one or two years, watch him blow his legs out, and uh, you know, ship him off. <laughs> Move on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I, I'll touch on Akers real quick. Uh, I think the talent is phenomenal. Um he is very easily one of the most underrated running backs in this draft. And I can see people arguing, you know, after the draft has happened, we see their landing spots. I can see people arguing him even being higher up. Uh, he's my fourth ranked running back. I have some concerns with him. One, seeing what happened with Todd Gurley and how how Todd McShay and the Rams handled it. I mean, they very quickly identified, as you can see this year, that, Todd Gurley was not Todd Gurley. They ran him into the ground and they had to get they had to get out of that contract. Now they get a guy like Malcolm Brown who's, you know, could potentially be vulturing touchdowns and touches. Daryl Henderson's going to be catching the ball. It's not to say that Cam Akers can't. It's just I don't know that they're going to employ Cam Akers as a f true full workhorse. Uh if they do, you're going to get great years of of success out of him, but if he ends up into that, you know, Jamal Williams, Aaron Jones type of split, I mean, I don't know you're getting the bang for your buck, and I just feel like with Taylor, CEH, and Swift, they're going to run those guys, and they're going to run them hard, and Akers might have a little bit more of a softer workload, so from a productive standpoint, he might be on the lower end. Talent's there, though. I mean, and that's, I, that is the one thing I'll say about Akers is the talent is there, and the size is there. And, Scotty, I know you liked Akers a lot. Yeah, so this was a guy that fell – I actually fell out of the top – four or five coming into the combine. Um, he had a great 40, had a great combine, kind of moved up a little bit, even past J.K. Dobbins, because Dobbins didn't, you know, do the combine at all. So I have him ranked higher in a redraft league. Uh, I, I just think the with the Rams, we saw last year, they still used Todd Gurley, even though he was still hurt. Henderson showed one or two flashes, but nothing crazy. Malcolm Brown's Malcolm Brown. They select Agers at a high draft pick. I think 
for the first couple of years, he could be phenomenal. I am scared as well with the whole, you know, they're never going to pay a running back again. And um, if he leaves the Rams and goes to a split backfield, like you're seeing a lot of players do now, Melvin Gordon, same thing. Then I don't know, it's just kind of scary. Um, but for the first couple of years, especially this year, I love the guy. Uh, do you want me to jump into number six? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Okay, uh, number six, we got our second wide receiver, C.D. Lamb. Uh, this is a pretty big shock for us because we did not think the Cowboys would take a wide receiver as they already have Cooper and Gallup. But when the Cowboys didn't know they were taking C.D. Lamb, <laughs> no. During the draft, when you saw it was their turn, I have never seen McCarthy or Jones be more excited in my entire life. And you're like. What are they laughing about? Like, oh, they're just like CD Lamb. I'm like, good God. Um, year one, I'm not sure how he's gonna be because Gallup's a good wide receiver, but he, you know, he drops the ball a lot. I just think in that offense, if they keep Dak, I assume they're going to work it out. Him and Cooper together could just could just tear it up for years to come. Um the Cowboys couldn't believe he felt it to them this guy in my draft last weekend rookie draft he went number two this is how high people are on this guy for for years to come so the cowboys getting him is a great spot might take a year or two but um yeah dows yeah yeah i had him ranked at three right after jerry judy who i had at two and these guys could easily have flip-flopped back and forth uh like who you think the top wide receiver in the draft is very comparable body types, very comparable play styles, and it really just came down to landing spot. Had Lamb ended up in Denver, I probably would have had him ranked higher than uh, than Judy. In any case, he's not in a bad spot. Dak's a great quarterback. Like you said, I assume that they're going to work it out one way or the other. And really, even if they don't, Andy Dalton is serviceable. He'll chuck the ball around. He doesn't care about throwing picks, so they'll be throwing the ball a lot. Um, and Lamb is one of those guys who will go get it. You know, He'll be an AJ green, Tyler Boyd type with, you know, Dalton chucking him the ball. It doesn't really matter. Um, and like you said, he's going to be around for the long haul in, uh, in Dallas. I mean, they showed that they're going to pay their wide receivers. They paid Cooper big money this year when his contract's up, whatever it is, three, four, five years from now, he's going to get paid too. So, uh, I, I don't see it becoming another, uh, Des Bryant situation where he wants money and they're not going to give it to him. I think they'll they'll pay Lamb and Lamb will contribute and play at a high level for probably, you know, 10, 10, 12 years. Yeah, I had him so I had him ranked eight. I don't know. I, I, I don't know where everybody thinks that the the plays are coming uh for CeeDee Lamb. I mean, he's a phenomenal athlete, but I mean it's a run first team. Um, they just gave uh, Cooper what? What was it? Five years, a hundred million dollar contract. Uh, I mean, you saw what Michael Gallup did last year, and it's not like he was getting a hundred targets. Like if I'm, I, I mean, that's that's kind of my ideal situation, right? Is you want a guy who's getting eighty to a hundred targets um, or catches, excuse me. Um, but the, I, I think there's no doubt. I don't think anybody can doubt the talent. I think the only thing you can start thinking about is. You know, are are you in a situation that Minnesota's in where you have Stephon Diggs, Adam Thielen, and Dalvin Cook, and you got three hungry mouths to feed, and you just you don't have that many offensive plays? I, I that that's where I struggle with it. Um, but I think you know at six, 
yeah, you, you, I don't think you can get better than CeeDee Lamb. So, I mean, if he's sitting there, that's probably, you know, there's a chance that's a steal. So, um, Craig, did you want to say anything on, on CD before we move on? No, I covered it. All right. JK, number seven. Um, Scotty, I think you got JK ranked the highest out of all of us. And I think this is where the, the deviation starts that we were all kind of on par. Um, and then it just starts getting wild now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, I think, uh, Scotty, you had, yeah, you had JK ranked the highest. I did. Back on Lamb real quick. Gallup had 113 targets. Okay. Well, yeah, I was going to say um, as well. 66 saying, yeah, he, he crushed it. But Cooper was also hurt. Yeah, I don't mean lot. to yeah, I don't mean to gang up on Tom too, but Mike McCarthy's the head coach now. <laughs> yeah, and Gallup right. missed games with the broken hand. All right, so we're, we're past that. Uh, we have JK, <laughs> J.K. Dobbins at number I stick seven. To where I stick. All right, J.K. Dobbins number seven. I have him at uh, at number four. Everyone else has him pretty. Uh, Tom has him at, at seven, at but Dow's and uh, Craig have him outside of top ten. Um, this guy before, you know, during the college season, even before um, the combine, he was up there as a top running back. It just shows what happens when someone doesn't participate in the combine, how how far their draft uh, stock falls. Um, this year might be tough because, of course, they have Mark Ingram there. They re-signed Gus Edwards. Uh, Justice Hill is there, but he's, you know, Whatever. Uh, this is Ingram's <laughs> last year, as well as Gus's last year. I, I think them signing the Dobbins, they're not going to re-sign either guy. Um, if they do, they might just, you know, Ingram a veteran minimum next year. But Dobbins, I think, in two years it, it can take over that job. Um, it, it's a very high-scoring offense. And it's still a run-first offense. Uh, I know Lamar Jackson's going to lead the team in rushing yards again, but they want to run and just ground and pound the ball as much as they can. Uh, they get Marcus Brown there, but that's about it. Um, good, pretty good tight ends, but it's a run-first team, and I just see him in two-plus years being the starter and an absolute steal in this draft for them to get him um, where he fell so that's why I, I have him so far i don't know if uh tommy want to chime in since you have him kind of closer to me yeah so i wasn't a huge fan of dobbins coming out of the draft but i mean he he plays a running back position and he plays it in in the nfl where you don't see a lot of uh workhorse running backs and i think what dobbins brings is a level of versatility that mark ingram ne- doesn't necessarily um dobbins can fly and I think if you put Dobbins and Lamar Jackson under center together, that that's going to be a fast, fast offense. I mean, I remember playing Holy Cross in high school, playing a wing tee, and that was one of the hardest formations to figure out. It, things were flying around like bees. And I think that's what the future is going to be of the Baltimore Ravens. This is not a pick that you make for 2020, and that's why you we're looking at it from a dynasty perspective that in two, three years from now, Dobbins is is – should be the starting running back for the Baltimore Ravens. And I don't see their, the, the way that they approach the game of football to change. They're going to continue to feed a running back. Uh, and it, it's got to be Dobbins. And I don't know, Scotty, I mean, I think you brought up that Ingram's contract's almost up too. So, I mean, it, it, them picking Dobbins means they have no faith in Justice Hill. 
Uh, Gus Edwards isn't going to go anywhere, but anyway, I, I, I think a running back in a situation in two, three years from now being a bell cow is it's it's a no-brainer in Dynasty as a top 10 pick. Um, and then Craig Corey, if you guys want to touch on Dobbins, uh, you know. So the reason why I have him l- lower uh, than than you guys in, in quite a significant margin, uh, I have him as 11, is because I'm not really a firm believer on his actual talent. I feel like a lot of things were kind of given to him if you look at anything on his tape um, and I had to, you know, when I saw his production score come through as a hundred, he hit all top elite metrics. He was the only running back that got elite production score in college. And I had to see more and more tape. The more and more I saw, the more and more I was like, I don't get it. I, I he had an, an enormous hole every single play. So whether that was him or his offensive line, I lean more his offensive line. And yes, it's a fantastic fit for him in the few years. He could be the starting running back. I have no problem in saying that there's going to be years that he's going to be a top 10 fantasy running back. I view a lot other players in this draft a lot highly. Uh, however, you know, JK Dobbins, you know, he will do something. I, I don't have him ranked, you know, 30, but he, he, I see other players in this, in this draft better. Yeah, and Craig, to, to piggyback off what you said, when you watch the tape, the perfect comp for him is Sony Michelle. He takes the yards that are freely given to him, and he hits the hole hard, and he hits it right, but he doesn't have a lot in his game to do much more than that, from what I've seen. And, and again, he could develop that at a high level. He could learn from Mark Ingram, who's got a little shimmy shake to his game. He's got power. He can run the ball heavy. But right now... I had to drop him because I wasn't super duper impressed with what I've I mean, seen from him. That that's it. You just look and you're like, it's got to be super duper. And I see Sony <laughs> Michelle in him, which terrifies me because I will not draft Sony Michelle. So here, here's the thing I'm gonna say on Dobbins. Dobbins, I don't think is gonna be breaking tackles. He can fly. That's that's the thing with Dobbins. He can fly. And yes, maybe he only takes what is given to him, but speed does kill. And, and I'll agree with you. The one knock on Sony Michelle is that he has no breakaway speed. Dobbins knees. has that. Yeah. Or, he or, has yeah. knees too. So yeah, that helps. Yeah. <laughs> knees are good but, things. <laughs> but I won't argue at all that Baltimore is a great fit. Even currently with Mark Ingram, he's going to get looks. We saw Hill and Edwards get looks. And I think Dobbins is worlds better than them. And if, you know, a year or two from now, Mark Ingram's no longer in that equation. Great. I mean, Baltimore's offensive line, opens huge holes so even if that's all he does and he just runs through the hole great i mean baltimore's good at doing that so um the problem is their offensive line is aging you know yonda's not going to be around forever so you know take that with a grain of salt but um yeah. i don't know want to get into the next guy I yeah think we've so, all exhausted jk dobbins um who i will call jk rowling at some point by mistake <laughs> um scotty you can bring us into into number eight uh, all right, sure. Uh, Henry Ruggs is our number eight. Um, we were kind of thinking that CeeDee Lamb would end up with the uh, Raiders, but he did not. Um, that's so weird. I'm like, where are they? Las Vegas. I'm not still not going to get used to that for like no. two plus years. The Oakland Raiders selected Henry Ruggs third, First receiver off the board. I mean, this guy's filthy, but if you told me that 
Jerry Judy's teammate would go before him in the NFL draft. I would not believe it. Um, but this guy's a freak. He, he's fast as hell. And he ends up in a spot where they don't really have any receiver besides Tyrell Williams. So they don't really have any receiver because Tyrell Williams is, <laughs> is, is less than mediocre and he's hurt all the time. So he right away slides into that role where he's probably the number one there. I don't love him as long-term um, as Judy or CD lamb, but I think just where he is starting his career, uh, I mean, he's the number one there. And I'd, I mean, at that point, doesn't matter what team you are. If you're the number one receiver, you're going to put up some kind of numbers if you stay healthy. So he's our eighth overall consensus. Um, uh, Dows, want to take this one? <laughs> yeah. Uh, the next one that we have for our uh, consensus ranking is Joe Burrow, the only quarterback in our top 10. Um, I think I might have had him the highest. Oh, me and Craig tied. We both had him at seven. And for me, this is – I don't want to say it's not just a, a straight-up ranking, but I'm also trying to consider the approach that you're going to take as as an owner in a draft, especially a dynasty draft. And if you can get a quarterback, I had him again, I had him at seven, but if you can get a quarterback anywhere from seven to 10 and he's the day one starter in an offense like Cincinnati's offense with AJ green, Tyler Boyd, um, you know, that they've got the next guy off the board, T Higgins. That's a great offense to go into. And if I can grab that quarterback, even if I don't necessarily need him, he's great to have. And, I mean, if you're quarterback needy, you could probably shoot him as high as four or five, and I wouldn't fight you on it too hard. But even if you don't need a quarterback, it's not bad to have him around because your guy can go down. You can shop him if you need to. It's a lot of options for you. Um, I don't know, Tom, if you want to maybe give an opposing viewpoint, you had him ranked the lowest out of us. Yeah, I did. Um, I mean, typically, and especially in the draft that looks like this, I, I don't see a need to spend a first round pick on a quarterback. I think that, you know, most most teams mostly so our dynasty league is 14 teams, which means I have Joe Burrow at 15, which he's the first selection in the second round in our dynasty uh league. That's kind of where I would expect the quarterbacks to start going is kind of that second round. If you're a team with the luxury that can take a quarterback and you're set at wide receivers and running backs, then sure, go ahead and, and take the quarterback. I just think this draft is loaded uh, with talent that to pass up on, uh, you know, uh, some of these wide receivers and even some of the lower end running backs, it, it's difficult for me to see the, the return on investment there. Um, now, I think Joe Burrow landed in a great spot, and I think, you know, what Cincinnati did with their second pick was was even better. Um, but I'll, I'll, I'll let Scotty and Craig talk about Burrow a little bit as well. I'll take it first, I guess. That's cool, Craig. Um, yeah, I, I have him. I actually had him at 9-2, and I think that was a little high for me because I'm, come, I'm on the same board where, yeah, this guy is a day one starter, but again... A lot of dynasty leagues is a one quarterback league. And I mean, with guys later than draft, like even Keyshawn Vaughn or a Zach Moss or even, you know, Chase Claypool, all those wide receivers, like I, I would probably take those guys before I take Joe Burrow. I mean, last week in my dynasty draft, I took Keyshawn Vaughn at 201. 
and Burrow was on the board, and I still pass up on him, and I didn't even think twice about it because I'd rather have you know th- those position guys as a running back and a wide receiver when there's only 14 starters in that league that you're in. So, I mean, is Burrow going to be a top 14 this year? I wouldn't think so. He could be close, but I don't know. I, I just don't love the quarterback uh, to spend that high of a draft capital on unless you're in desperate need. But even at that point, trade for one or pick a guy up. But um, uh, I'll bring this to Dow's. Uh, oh, sorry, Craig. <laughs> yeah, so I I do have him at seven. Um, I see Joe Burrow a little differently, I feel like, than you guys might. Um, I believe that him being the number one pick in a draft for an NFL is right on. Zach Taylor is a young, up-and-coming offensive coach. Um, They have, as it constitutes right now, A.J. Green, Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, Joe Mixon as weapons. As far as getting into year one, will Joe Burrow be a QB QB one, which would be 12, uh, 12 quarterbacks? I think he's on the cusp. I think in two, three years, he's going to find himself in the top five of quarterbacks. I think he's going to stay there for a while. I truly believe Joe Burrow is a talented enough quarterback to be a starting, you know, quarterback for your fantasy team for years to come. That's why I have him as, as much. And I know that's, that that's a lot to say. Uh, I just, I believe in the player. I believe in the fit. I believe in the scheme. I believe in all of it. That's why I have him as high as I do. Yeah. And I completely agree with you. I have him pegged as a top 10 quarterback for this year. If we're going to start doing some, you know, advanced uh, predictions here, but I truly honestly look at what Josh Allen did this year in the NFL. And I say, okay, well, Joe Burrow is a better quarterback than him. And he still has the talent to move around. He's got the legs. He maybe doesn't quite have the same size as Josh Allen. So he might be a little more hesitant to take off that often. But we talk all the time about the additional value of a mobile quarterback. And Joe Burrow can thread it with the best of them with his arm. But he can take off and move. And that's just added points, especially when you're at a point for 10 yards instead of um, a point for 20 or 25, depending on how your scoring is in your league. But Joe Burrow is going to rack up points left and right, and he could easily in that in that offense and with that head coach, I don't want to say take over the NFL because that's way too far, but he could be top 10, and I don't, I would not surprise me one bit. So the other thing, too, I, I want to point out, and, and you guys had mentioned the, you know, I would rather the other positions. I'd rather a running back or a wide receiver like a Claypool or someone else, um, you know, going forward. But when I really and what I like to look at, too, is this is not redraft. This is dynasty. But in the eighth, ninth round, am I going to be maybe not this year taking Joe Burrow as as my starting quarterback? But in, say, two or three years, am I going to want the number two young receiver for a rookie quarterback or a young quarterback in Pittsburgh? Or, you know, Denzel Mims is another one you guys mentioned that, you know, he has um like I'm blanking on his name, throwing to him. Darnold. Uh, Darnold yeah, yeah, Darnold. You know, do I want that number two in that offense? Am I going to get them in, in the eighth, ninth round? Or am I going to go after what possibly could be a top five quarterback in fantasy in the eighth, ninth round? I'm going to take that quarterback. And I think that's where team composition kind of comes into play. I mean, I'm looking at guys like Brendan Ayuk and Michael Pittman. Um, I had Jalen Rigor. 
you know, ranked higher than Joe Burrow. I mean, these are these are guys that got drafted and are going to be used by their teams. And that's how I looked at it, that it's hard to come by a top 20 wide receiver, a, a consistent top 20 wide receiver in, in the league. And, and quarterbacks are almost a dime a dozen. You know, I, I don't think that I'm going to knock anybody if they draft Joe Burrow in the first round. I mean, if you draft him one-on-one, listen – we we got we got bigger issues. Yeah, but, I, you know, <laughs> I wouldn't say you go one hundred and one unless you're currently not rostering a quarterback and you are set at every other position. Yeah, and, and even and, then, and I might say flex. like still, <laughs> still like calm down, buddy. All right, let's round this out. Let's get to our to our number ten. Yeah, you take it, Tom. It's your boy. Did it? Well, okay. I get so it's T Higgins. I got T Higgins four. T Higgins only on this list because of me. Um, uh, I, I honestly, this fit, I think is the best fit for any of these wide receivers. Um, he's my highest ranked wide receiver. He's my number four overall. Uh, I don't think that Jerry Judy is in necessarily the greatest spot. I don't know that CD lambs in the greatest spot, but I do think that T Higgins is, I think when you, when you think about having a rookie quarterback with a rookie stud wide receiver, and I say stud, I mean, he's six, four, He's a mold of AJ Green. You are basically restarting the Bengals with AJ Green and a better quarterback than Andy Dalton is. AJ Green doesn't look like he wants to play. He doesn't look like he wants to be on the field. Who's to even say that he doesn't go out to 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 some beach somewhere out in Cali or whatever? I remember Tom Brady calling out his wide receivers and they're practicing on the beach. AJ Green doesn't do that with Joe Burrow. I mean, remember when um uh, what's his name? Goff and uh, Cooper Cup. They spent, you know, they lived in a house together. They got down on the same cadences. They got down on timing. AJ Green's not going to do that with Joe Burrow. He's he's ready to get out of Cincinnati. I think T. Higgins is going to be juiced up to be on the field. Uh, I I just I love the landing spot for for T. Higgins and and I love it moving forward. Um, so that's why I have him number four. I, I know you guys disagree uh, greatly. Uh, so go ahead and rip on me. <laughs> I just, I, I question his athleticism in a, in a sense. Um, I feel like he could he do with his body type. Um, no, he didn't go to his combine. However, I know. as, as of pro days that actually happened before the virus came to America, he Clemson had theirs and he ran in the mid four fives. He had a 31 inch vertical jump at six foot five, 31 inches. That's terrible. You, you're talking Jerry Judy, who's around six six foot one, had forty inch vertical. Like we we have a lot of uh, of uh, stuff. I would say that shows bigger body receivers maybe adding a little bit of weight once they get to the NFL. So so we'll see how well he's going to continue. And I, I feel like this is attacking Tom. Tom's so upset. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not upset. I mean, I I honestly like I look at six four and I see two sixteen. And he runs like he is 6'1", 210. I, I mean, the dude flies on the field. So you saying that he runs a 4'5 is great, but CEH ran a 4'6". So it, when you watch T. Higgins on the field, he looks like he's schooling people. But that, and, I mean, and, and that's what six, I saw. 6'4", 216 in an athletic build like T. Higgins is not heavy by any means. I'm 5'10", 213. So <laughs> this kid's stretching, uh, you know, Three well, I'm just saying they can get they can get there. Well, he's not Kelvin <laughs> Benjamin. I mean, he's not sitting at home yes. eating, yes. eating bonbons. He could be. He could, <laughs> be. He could be. I hope he not. wasn't at the combine, so maybe that's what he's doing. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, uh, you know, I, I mean, yeah, go go for it, Scotty. 
I have no knock on Higgins at all. Um, I, I just where he lands in, in this stud draft. So if you take this guy before uh, Henry Ruggs, then I'm fine with it. No knock on the guy at all. Uh, the, the guy's a freak, and he's going to be a great receiver in this offense. Yeah, and I think, really, we went over our top 10, but we're not going to – I mean, if you end up taking a couple of these guys a, a pick higher, two picks higher than what we get them ranked, we're not going to argue with you, right? I mean, they're, they're, we're not going to sit here and say, terrible pick, because the talent that's in this draft is deep. And we're about to go through 11 through, I don't know, however many 30, we can get through, to, 30, yeah. how, however many we want to. Those are going to be the picks that start to matter. Here you 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 can mess up, but you're not gonna you're not gonna screw yourself. You can screw yourself in the next eleven to thirty. So that is podcast sixty. We're gonna jump on podcast sixty one, do eleven to thirty. Tune in, sign up, follow Top Shelf FNTSY, TopShelfFantasy.com. Have a good night. Thank you for listening. This is Top Shelf Fantasy. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Top Shelf FNTSY. Head over to our website at topshelffantasy.com. Stay fluid, stay loose.